When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the first pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears trade it to the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos select Caleb Williams. What are the odds of that happening? We are going to break it down on the DNVR Broncos podcast today, where I'm joined by Super Bowl 50 champ Todd Davis. I'm joined by Henry Chisholm and Zach Stevens. Henry, I was thinking I might need to start introducing you. Joined as, by Zach uh, Stevens. Joined by Zach Stevens. <laughs> exactly. um, I, I may need to start introducing you as uh, Super Bowl 50 champ Todd Davis. Um, what was the exact quote? Um, all I did was lose this weekend. Dang, that was everywhere. Yeah. Thank goodness the Bucks won <laughs> last night. Losing everywhere. <laughs> I will say, so the Bucks won last night, which means obviously still a terrible betting weekend. But the Nuggets play the Sixers tonight, and so I put all my Bucks winnings onto that game. Mm. So if that hits, if the Nuggets win tonight, actually it's like a definitely not like a great betting weekend, but it's not that bad. The problem is last night the Nuggets were plus one fifty. This morning, it's like, no, everybody's playing. They're plus 100. So I missed out on like a third of what my winnings would have been. But Dang. is well, what it is. I, I, I'm pulling for you because I'm pulling for the Nuggets. So I hope that you okay. get your winnings back. But Todd, I, I wouldn't have done this if Henry wouldn't have started getting on his high horse a little bit. But uh -huh. I just have to remind him that all he does is lose. Wow. There were six playoff games this past weekend. Mm -hmm. We picked all of them straight up, not even against the spread. We uh -huh. picked them all straight up on this show. None of us did great i think uh no i think i went four and two you might have gone four and two as well no i think you hear hurt you so you went three yeah. and three you know what henry went one and five you're too nice all he does is lose let me Dang. tell you that oh and six really on our picks this i thought so oh, too. maybe you got one let's pull it up do you have the graphic Maybe you were right, Tom. Maybe it was one. You took one. the Lions? He took the Lions. Yeah, I had the Lions. Took the, okay, I definitely had the Lions. Yeah. Congratulations. One, one and five. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, I did have the Eagles. Um, so I? not Damn. all you do is lose. But yeah, you had the Eagles here. You're trying to get on your high horse saying like, oh, I had the Bucks last night. Maybe your money did, but not on this. Oh, okay. Tough Dang. weekend. Though. Yeah. Yeah, Todd, you would have been, uh, been four and two with me as well. But yeah. those Browns. I tried to roll with it, man. I should have <laughs> just stuck to my guns. And I want to change it because I'm not. Yeah. I was yeah. like, let's rock. Let's see. Let's see what's happening. But for the national championship game in college a couple of weeks ago, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. 
but I meant to hit, I did a live bet and I meant to hit the over and I hit the under, mm. but I didn't realize it until the bet showed me it was placed. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I was like, you know what? This is a win-win. Uh -huh. If the over hits, I can say I was right and I literally <laughs> just hit the wrong button. Or if I'm wrong, <laughs> then I'm right and I make money. And I was wrong, so I made money, and I was happy that that happened. <laughs> sometimes it works out. It yeah. worked out for me this weekend, but sometimes it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it's a win-win if you lose. Well, I could sp I could also spin it as like a lose-lose, yeah. but I wanted to spin it in my mind as a win-win. Okay, I, I guess a, that works. I'm a, I'm a Russell Wilson sort of approach. Glass half full <laughs> all the time. Always optimistic. Yeah, always optimistic. How optimistic are you guys on Caleb Williams? Because yesterday, Caleb Williams officially, officially, officially declared for the NFL draft. I guess maybe not officially, officially, because he hasn't hired an agent still. Mm -hmm. And I think it's once you hire an agent is when you can't go back to college. Is that right? Um, I'm not sure. I think that's right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. He hasn't hired Does he an need agent. one? Um, that also might be something. Hey, you don't have to have one. Yeah, I don't no. know if he needs one. Lamar is doing yep. some pretty good deals with that one. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. if I had to go back and do it again, I love my agent. Love. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to go down that path because <laughs> I love my agent so much. But guys are, guys are figuring out now that, you know, we talked about how, you know, the NFL is really slotted. Yeah. And <laughs> you kind of have to get in where you fit in. Yeah. And because of that, I think guys are now just hiring lawyers yeah. to go over the contract. Right. And if, instead of paying three percent of two hundred million, yeah. I could pay yeah. you maybe fifty to a hundred thousand to look right. over this contract one time, make sure everything is good, and it kind of gets the same result because I'm slotted where right. I'm my performance is anyway. Mm -hmm. Right now, would you say that for yourself and other undrafted guys, then agents do become more important, or or no? You know, not not really. Hmm. Um, I think at times because they can get you more doors opened. So like maybe yes because if I'm an undrafted free agent, you know my agent can make a call to a GM they know on such and such team that can get me a workout and that ends up becoming something. But I think those second contract negotiations are always slotted because I forget who the linebacker was my year. For a lot of teams, I was like a two down linebacker, okay. and so the highest paid two down linebacker mm. is the same contract I got mm. essentially. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was slotted right where you know the NFL saw me and my performance was. Now, isn't the tricky thing, which we talked about a little bit last week, <coughs> is then you would have to be doing the negotiations with the team, and uh -huh. that might be a little hurtful then for both little, sides. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's always a problem. But I guess to save uh, you know however much money that is, maybe mm -hmm. you do take that. Yeah, I think especially if you're a high enough uh, or an all-pro player or, or a player like Lamar Jackson, right. like, it can only get so crazy because you can only – you can't pay me less than uh, Sam Howell. Like, right. <laughs> like right. we yeah. can't do that, right. you know what I'm saying? So I have to fit in there somewhere between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and all mm -hmm. those guys. Like, I got to be in that mix to make it make sense. By the way, Lamar, during his whole offseason last year, he was getting crushed – for not having an agent. Yep. People were taking cheap shots left and right and him saying the reason why you're not getting a big contract is because you don't have an agent. And I think his mom was helping him yeah. uh -huh. through some of that. And people were taking cheap shots. Worked out for him in the end. And he saves, what is that, a couple million dollars? Six Easily. to eight million dollars? Easily. Yeah. yeah. And those momagers are, they're real, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there's a reason why every child star in Hollywood has a mom as their manager. Yep. Like, your mom will go to bat for you harder yep. than any agent ever could. <laughs> it's so true. So. And that's what you need in those situations. Exactly, exactly. So, so maybe 
We know Caleb Williams has a good relationship with his mom. Yep. Maybe that's the route he's going to roll. Maybe so. I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> knock it. <laughs> no, no. Um, and uh, did you guys see who Caleb Williams is working out with right now? Oh, yeah. Todd, one of your former coaches. Yep. Rich Scangarello. He is. is uh, so Rich was most recently... Was it with Kentucky or did, did yeah. was he with the team this past I'm year? I'm not sure. Okay. He was Kentucky. So Rich Scangarello is who Caleb Williams is working out with to prepare for the draft. He officially declared yesterday. What do you guys view Caleb Williams as, uh, as a potential draft pick right now? Uh, like his order? Yeah. What, what, yeah. Just oh, how, how do you view him? Without a doubt? I think without a doubt. I think he's been uh, highly touted after winning the Heisman. He was projected number one the entire year. And didn't have an awesome year, but I don't think he did anything that would take him out of the number one spot. Yeah. So did that change for you? Because what? in our quarterback rankings, you wanted to argue Michael Penix. No, I'm just saying the national narrative. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair, fair. My yeah. you know, personal opinion is still Penix one, but I think the national narrative around Caleb is very similar to how it started the year after his Heisman year. For you, is Caleb two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so you still uh, are a fan of him? I do. Big I think fan. he's still a yeah. good player. Yeah. Totally yeah. Fair. I've been kind of like you watch the games and you know that Lincoln Riley runs like a bunch of RPOs and that sort of stuff. But then you go back and watch the cut up and you just watch every throw. And it's like, well, half of what he does is just like some little bubble screen or like quick slant off an RPO. Like I, I think this always happens when you go back and watch a quarterback is you just kind of get disillusioned. But like going back through the Notre Dame game last night, it's like he didn't really there was nothing in there where I'm like, wow. I mean, there's a couple times like he gets out of the pocket, like or like a guy will become he'll just like step back real quick and just bang, he flies right. But so you still see like some of those traits and like the way the ball comes out of his hand. But I don't know. Was well, that a Notre year Dame ago, game his worst game? I don't know numbers okay. wise. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, that was a bad one. Yeah, like yeah. The, it was just kind of disappointing. Even like the, there's other mistakes in there too. Like it's not like he's avoiding all of the. Like, he does crazy things, but he turns the ball over. Like, he does turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Like, like he'll throw some kind of dumb passes, and he gets away with it more often than not, and that's why you get so excited. But I don't know. I, I've, I, I think a year ago, I would have said, yes, he's far and away number one quarterback. Like, if you can get him, you got to do whatever it takes. Like, he's going to be one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. But he did take a step back this year, and you – I don't have like doubts about him, but I do have maybe doubts about him being like the MVP of the NFL someday. Mm -hmm. So you, where would you put him? Like in terms of this class? How do you view him? Yeah. Like he's still number one. Okay. He's still number one. But But the national narrative a year ago, and I think even six months ago was like consensus Patrick Mahomes Uh Mm 2.0. And it was like, no one was pushing back against that. Once that's the fact or not, uh, comparison got out there. Everyone was just like, yep, that's who he is. Uh, teams are going to tank. Yeah. Sean Payton said on Fox Sports before he took the Broncos job, uh, teams are going to intentionally tank for this kid. He uh-huh. is so good. And that's a coach who's been in the NFL for 15 years as a head coach. He knows how teams operate. And if he says that, that shows you how he was viewed I think over the past couple of months this season, he took a step back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, I think you're right, Todd, people still, in both of you, right, he's still viewed as the number one quarterback. But I think the Patrick Mahomes 2.0, like no one's pushing back on that, has kind of taken a step back. But I think from here on out, it's only going to build up closer to that. I, think, I so. think that he is only going to build more momentum. And honestly, to me, the biggest concern I have is the uh, – 
uh, mentals with him. Not hmm. the football mentals in terms of like football IQ, but just some weird off the field stuff. Not uh-huh. not anything that I point to and I'm like, man, that's gonna make him fail. Um, but just interesting things that that we've talked about before: leadership, how he's viewed. And we're already seeing, starting to see that narrative kind of turn. Uh, many reports coming out the past few weeks of support from his teammates at UNC, coaches saying how great he is, how uh-huh. loved he is. Things that we didn't really hear when he was on the team. Exactly. But now it's being pushed out, and I think people are going to take that and run with it because you know what people want to hear? Whether it's um, teams, whether it's fans, whether it's uh, media, they want to build a guy up to be the next Patrick Mahomes 2.0, whether it's just for advertisement sales or whether it's just to build hype going into next season. They want that. So he's going to pick up steam. Um, we heard uh, uh, our guy Baldy kind of drop a hint last time we talked to him about he knows Caleb and mm-hmm. he knows what he's made of. Um, what I'm going to ask Baldy that when we have him on next, hopefully sometime this week, of just what exactly that is. So I think that those those mental issues are going to be – put to the side or mental questions are going to be kind of put to the side. And when you look at the physical talent, it's there. I mean, you see him do ridiculous things in the pocket, the arm strengths there, the angles that people like to see her there. He's got enough uh, leg talent yeah. as well. So I think that once we get to the draft, Patrick Mahomes 2.0, that's what people are going to be saying again. Without a doubt. I think the mental aspect of, you know, his off the field won't come up again until He's in the league and something bad happens. Hmm. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, you know, just throughout his time in the league, whether it's like he has a bad game or he just doesn't live up to the hype within the first three games, I think that's when it'll come up. Because from now into the draft, he's going to look amazing. He's going to be running one-on-ones, no defenders. The arm (laughs) talent is there. He's going to be able to use his legs, get out of the pocket. It's going to look clean. He's working out with Rich. He's going to be more prepared. Like, it's going to look awesome leading up to the draft. So there's no reason Mm -hmm. why people won't compare him to Patrick Mahomes all the way up until then. Um, and I think any doubts in people's minds outside of his ability will be wiped away just because of how talented he's going to mm-hmm. look up until the draft. Is to, there me, any- to me, it's the size that's the big concern. Like, it just... <clears throat> there's so many balls that get tipped. Like, there's so many balls that just go the other way. And, like, and it happens to any quarterback, but when you go back and watch, again, like, you just see that, and you're like, I don't... A six-foot-one quarterback is not ideal. I know that you're, you're kind of like you found like the outliers now at this point, but I do think that that like when you watch him, he looks like Mahomes, you know, like he does all those things like he does the exact same things like there's a reason he gets a comparison. It's because if you were to put the two side by side, like it's remarkably similar, but you still do see like from the pocket, he does kind of like dip into gaps a little bit to like get balls off. And I, that's the that's the thing to me that concerns me like the off field stuff like I'm not. If it comes up, it comes up, but I, I'm not I'm not too worried about that right now. To me, it's it's just that height that gets me. Really? Six yep. one. I want to dive into that after I tell you about Bet365, where you'll be able to bet on the draft over at Bet365. I'm sure Caleb Williams already is like, what would you guess? Minus a thousand to be the number one overall pick. There's no yeah. value there, but they're going to be putting Broncos picks up soon. You're going to be able to bet on what the Broncos do, trade up. If they grab Bo Nix at number 12 or Michael Penix Jr., they trade up. You're going to be able to do that over at Bet365 where they are all about the unordinary. Their slogan, never ordinary, because they've got every single bet you could want out there. And with the Nuggets playing the Sixers mm-hmm. tonight, I know yesterday they were plus three, so now it's even pretty much, Hank? 
I would guess. I nuggets? only bet money lines. Okay, fair. Yeah. So plus 100, you want to get in on that. Uh, Embiid uh, might not play, right? I don't know. So you probably want to hit that 100 before it's yeah. uh, ruled that he is not playing because he's scared of Jokic. So check out our friends over at Bet365. Use that code DNVR365. <laughs> you're going to be able to choose one of two offers when you sign up. Either place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets, or they're going to give you a first bet safety net offer up to $2,000. If your bet doesn't hit, they're going to give you that amount back in bonus bets. So check them out, whether it's NBA, NHL, college football, NFL, anything nfl playoffs specifically you can get in on it so use that code dnvr365 over at bet365 you must be 21 and older physically located in colorado if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER and shout out to our friends over at red hawk roofing you know they're the best roofers in denver and they are huge supporters of the dnvr uh, family they use quality materials they have decades of experience they have a quick response time great thing about red hawk roofing is they have a free no obligation roof and property inspection and that's really key to understand where your roof sits if you need a new roof if you don't they'll come and let you know and it's totally free um, they also have free in-depth photo reports for all inspections when it's coming so don't wait to take care of any issues before the big storm hits and one last thing, it's a really cool giveaway that they're doing. They're giving away their company's two tickets to the Nuggets versus Sixers game on the 27th of January. Uh, you got to be at the watch party here at the DMVR to be eligible. It's on the 25th. Uh, they will be raising money to match support for the Volo Kids Foundation. It's a good cause, good people. Make sure you're out at the DMVR bar on the 25th uh, to win. So make sure you check them out and come check us out in order to win some tickets. And I bet they're good seats. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Red Hot Roofing does the roof right. I bet they do the games right. And you don't want to miss out on these two good tickets. Todd, you played in the NFL. You know how important size is yep. or isn't. <laughs> Should 6-1, I think he's listed. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, height. Yeah. You know how important height go. is in the NFL. Uh. Um, I won't say length. I'll say height <laughs> Why is, would you? <laughs> is in the NFL. Um, uh. Is 6-1, he's listed as 6-1 to 18. Uh -huh. Is that something to be worried about for a quarterback? Um, Not in particular. Not for me anymore. I think, you know, quarterbacks are finding ways around being, you know, not 6'3 or 6'4 mm -hmm. to be able to get the ball to their receivers. For me personally, it's not a problem. I've uh, played against smaller quarterbacks, played with smaller quarterbacks. I've never felt like it really limited them. Um, yes, you get tip balls at the line of scrimmage, but it's not happening every play. So mm -hmm. I think nine times out of ten, they're able to find the receiver. Now, whether they made a good pass or not, that's on them, but I think they're able mm -hmm. to find the open receiver. So the closest comp in terms of height – and weight is Lamar Jackson, actually. Now, not really? obviously the exact. Lamar is listed at 6'2", 215. Mm -hmm. So one inch taller, but similar huh. size. Um, I actually can't find any quarterbacks. Is he really 215 pounds? That's what There's it says, no yeah. Way, that's what it is. And we know that, like, uh -huh. once you get in the NFL combine is pretty accurate with your sizing yes. because it's supposed to be independent and stuff, mm -hmm. and I do trust the combine, but yeah, now it says NFL list him at 6'2", 215. Yeah, he was 6'2", 208 at the combine. Oh, that's cornerback Lamar Jackson, my bad. Wow. You, got, <laughs> God, you mean former Bronco I know, Lamar I, Jackson. Yeah. I could swear Lamar's 6'3", but I guess not. And that's the other no, thing with Caleb, though. If he's listed 6'1", then he's going to be 6 and 5 eighths or something at the combine. Well, if, if we want to say that about him, then you probably say that about other quarterbacks uh -huh. too, though. Yeah. You got to bring everybody yeah. down. Just go always use a combine. Down. Always use a combine. But we don't have that yet. So I'm just going yeah, off exactly. what, what, yeah. what's out there. But I, I do see what you're saying. I would have never questioned 6 1. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, the questions with Kyler and like, is he actually 5'8 or is mm-hmm. he 5'10? I get those questions. Um, and Russ, we've seen Russ, Drew Brees, who yeah. was uh, listed at six foot as well. Um, I, I wouldn't be concerned about 6'1. Um, the other comp of someone who's 6'1, now I think he's built a lot differently, but is 6'1, is Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm personally not concerned about that, but it's interesting to hear that, that you are concerned. As a number one pick, though, like that's a th- like. As, as somebody who's supposed to be like the, a generational quarterback, like you would think he'd have like all of the traits, but so, there's just some of that stuff that's missing. But if Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, but he wasn't the number one overall pick, is that a, it's possible? Yeah. No, no, no. no. You like, know, like, could you have drafted Drew Brees number one in his class? Absolutely. In hindsight, yeah. In but, hindsight, so just because Caleb is number one, I don't think it means that it's a problem if he's only six one. I definitely like. My thing isn't that like it means he's undraftable or anything. It's just that he isn't a perfect prospect. Uh-huh. You know, like there are flaws. Like if he was six foot three, if he was six foot four, six foot five, ideally, then he'd be like, I'd be like, yes, trading up for number one, give up all your first. But there's just these little things with him where you're just, you see a lot of those guys who are really good college quarterbacks who don't make it in the NFL. And he does like, there are some like Baker Mayfieldy vibes in some of the things that he does. Hey, nah, and it's not Baker just, just let his team definitely, win last definitely, night. definitely. <laughs> you know. And so would you trade three firsts to go get Baker though? That's the I, thing. He's, he's winning okay. right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, he no, did go number one overall. He did. He did. And uh, so I guess to to move this conversation, do we all think he's going number one overall? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I, I think so too. Um, despite being short, huh? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's <laughs> no, I'm just Baker kidding. did, Kyle um, did. Like, so then, if he's going number one, six two and a quarter. Okay. Is this something that the Broncos should explore moving up for? Because it is not going to be cheap. But if he is this potentially generational quarterback, I personally view this quarterback class as very strong, and I do think he's the number one quarterback in this draft. Which, so if you want to say generational, if you want to say he's, you know, um, the likes of Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Who else was in it? Trevor Lawrence, if mm-hmm. he's in that class. Um, but even if he's not, he's probably still a damn good prospect. Should the Broncos consider trading up to number one to get him? Especially because we know that the Bears might be willing to move that pick. I think two things is going to cost us too much, and I don't know if we need it for our offense to be successful. Drew Brees is a phenomenal quarterback, but I think he was made better under Sean's leadership. Yeah. So I think there are a couple quarterbacks in this draft that we could really use and Sean can get the best out of him, that won't cost the same as Caleb Williams. Even though he's going to be a great player, I just don't think that... I think it'll take too long for us to recruit the investment and then also bring in talent to assist him to be great. So we'll have a great player with a limited roster and a limited salary cap just kind of sitting here waiting for his time. So you just think it's going to cost too much, not even worth really exploring? I think it's going to cost too much, and I think there are other players in this draft who aren't supposed to be as good as Caleb, but can be very good when it all comes down to it. I I totally see what you're saying. Um, Henry? Yeah. there's. I mean, there's. it's not worth it. Like, we've we've talked about it a little bit, but you just don't have enough talent on the roster already. Like, I I was going through the second round pick. So there's, like, no first-round picks on the roster, there's barely any second round picks no, on the a roster too. Picks. Yeah, there's ba- yeah, like yeah. basically no like yeah, there aren't very many compared to the rest of the league. Like there's two teams with less, I think. But second round picks is the same. Like there is no talent on the roster, and so the idea that you're just gonna trade a whole bunch of first round picks to go get a quarterback and put him in this, and then you get in the whole 
And two quarterbacks ever have won a Super Bowl, making 12.5% of the team's cap. Um, and it's Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. So if you're going to win on a second contract with a quarterback at this point, because every quarterback's contract is so inflated, you need to be expecting him to be Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. And that's just unreasonable, and I'm not willing to make that bet, especially because what if he just isn't all that good and people want to move on in two years and you still haven't even like gotten out of like not having a first-round pick because you trade your first three? Like, there's, there's just no reason to do it. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy for not no. even exploring the opportunity. And I, I'm not, I'm not, obviously it's going to cost a lot uh-huh. to yeah. move up to get him. But for the opportunity, you're right. He needs to be elite. But he's the best opportunity to be elite in a couple of years. And if you have that opportunity to go up and get him, how do you not explore it? And you're starting with number 12 overall, mm-hmm. and two future first-round picks. So you're starting there. So I'm not trying to lowball what it would take to get him. But if that's the deal, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. And it does stink taking away two future first-round picks. But you know what a first-round pick hits at? Like 50%. Mm-hmm. And that's like the average. So let's say he hits, and next year, not this year, but 2025, he has that Mahomes leap, and he's in the MVP conversation his second year in the league. Well, that third first-round pick that you gave up, which is going to be the following year, is going to be like pick 31. So the chances of hitting on that are probably even less than that. Um, and especially when you have Sean Payton, if Sean, and, and this is what the whole thing boils down to, if Sean identifies him as his guy and he says, that's the next Patrick Mahomes because he apparently – identified Mahomes as being Mahomes before Mm -hmm. the draft and said the Saints are going to draft him. Mm -hmm. That's what he says after the fact, which is easy to say now. But if he does that with Caleb Williams, you do what you need to do to get him. And if that's three first-round picks and the Bears come back and say no, throw in two second-round picks, you negotiate, try to get it to a second and a third or something like that. But you do whatever you need to do in order to get Sean his quarterback because you brought Sean Payton in mm-hmm. to make this offense dominant. And he tried it with Russell Wilson for 16 games and said, no, don't go and give him option four to try to make this offense competent. Go out and give him everything he needs to, to give him his guy. And again, he has to identify him as like the next Patrick Mahomes or at least the next Drew Brees Mm -hmm. or uh, the true number one guy. And if Sean says, I need him, if I'm Greg Penner and Sean says, I want to trade all this stuff away because he is this good and I'm going to make him this good, you're gambling on Sean anyways, so you might as well give him your guy. Give him his guy. I totally understand the logic, but I just feel like there are so many other pieces to a championship roster that we need. I think you look at the Rams when they made the Super Bowl run. They went and got every big name that was available Mm -hmm. from Odell Beckham. They had Cooper Cup. They went and got Vaughn. They had Aaron Donald. Like, Mm -hmm. you need a roster. Matthew Stafford, a phenomenal quarterback, had issues with, you know, protecting ball, but could really throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? Was was exactly what that team needed, but they also needed every single other piece that they have. Yeah. Uh, Even Josh Allen, he's been struggling to do it and had Stephon Diggs and had Knox and and had a single Terry that was a good running back and had a good offensive line right. and still was struggling to mm-hmm. even yeah still hasn't even been to a Super Bowl still mm-hmm. loses in the AFC championship every year yeah I think we need pieces mm-hmm. more than just a quarterback 
And the Bears aren't going to negotiate with the Broncos. That's the other thing. It's like the Broncos can call and say, like, hey, what do we need to do? And they'll say, yeah, get back to us in April after we've talked to the commanders with the number two pick sure. and the Patriots, see what they offer. And then the like to get the Bears to accept the number 12 pick. Like, that's the thing, though, is every <coughs> single team in between there can match. Like, you got the Vikings at 11. If if the Broncos are like, we'll give you three first, we'll give you the third this year, we'll give you a second next year, a third the year after that, yeah. then the Vikings just say, cool, we'll do it too, and ours are one pick ahead, so take that. You know, and so you have all sure. these teams who can just match the offer if they want. So it, it's odds are what's going to happen is, I guess, most likely Chicago just makes the pick. Everything indicates that they're just going to take Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. Does it but, indicate that? Like, yeah, are there, the last we heard. There's right? reports and stuff. That was like that? the end of the season was basically what they were saying. Hmm. That's tough because I feel like Justin Fields has progressed this year. He has. And he's really looking like he can turn the corner. Like Jordan Love didn't look good for a long time. And the second half of the season, he turned it around. And now in the playoffs, he's looking like the man. Like sometimes that's that's another reason why I'm not sure mm -hmm. to go get the first round. Sometimes they need time too. Sure. And yeah, I feel like Justin that. Fields has definitely hit his stride. Yep. So if they're willing to get rid of him, I'm interested in acquiring him. Exactly. If you could trade like a third for Fields, oh, see that, that is something that you could get behind. You know, oh, you're not giving first. But you hate exactly. Fields. And we yeah. Yeah. He's gotten a lot better though. He has gotten, He's a, lot gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have this conversation because this is certainly a conversation that I think that the Bears are smart. They will trade Fields uh -huh. and, and draft Caleb Williams. But um, uh, you know who else loves Justin Fields? Is that locker room? Mm -hmm. The locker room is rallying around him. The Bears <laughs> locker room. Yep. So you rip him away, and you bring in a guy that maybe has some different antics mm -hmm. as a rookie. That that could ruffle some feathers. I would have to imagine, Todd. Yeah, it would. It'd be different, guys. I don't <laughs> know if guys would love it, but I, I bet they would like it. If you go and getting like Caleb Williams, like that would fire everybody up. But he's six foot one. But I mean, it's Caleb, <laughs> like if, if they get Caleb Williams, everybody there's fired up about it. You know. Like, yeah, I, I, think, I don't think they're looking at saying, I like, well, you, we, I think you understand that at some point. Just like if the coach for the Raiders was fired and not if you made go get the head Belichick. coach. But if you go get Belichick, like, yeah. you're mad. But at the same time, you're like, okay, maybe he did. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, like, right, yeah, right, yeah, what yeah, do we do? Yeah. yeah. That, that's totally fair. Um, uh, yeah, one it was thing, Jeremy Fowler who said, insiders believe they're taking Williams and trading fields. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, that, that certainly makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but... Todd, and it, and it does make, I totally see what you're saying about not mortgaging everything um, because you have to build a roster around this guy, especially a young quarterback. I totally get that. But I think this year's playoffs show a different perspective to that. And I want to get into that after I tell you about it. Illegal Pete's, where we love illegal Pete's around here. And Henry, you said the Vikings can just match mm -hmm. anything. Huh? Broncos have the Bears in Denver. Take them to illegal Pete's. That's not something wow. Minnesota can match. The That's queso, true. the margs, man, those margs. Give the Bears one marg, and they'll be willing to trade that number one pick for uh, for maybe even two first-round picks because their margs are so good at illegal Pete's. And something that's underrated, not talked about enough at illegal Pete's, they're fish tacos. Mm. I would not trust fish tacos from many places, huh. but illegal Pete's is, like, the best out there. Um, you can even get them in a burrito. I think that's the way Ryan, Ryan goes. I go them in the tacos. They are delicious. You got to check out our friends over at Illegal Pete's. They've got the best happy hour, and they just added a store in Wheat Ridge. 
bringing illegal Pete's out to the foothills area. It's in Gold's Marketplace on the corner of 26th and Kipling, overlooking Crown Hill Park. So check them out. They're your go-to spot for lunch, for dinner. If you're coming in town, you got to check out Illegal Pete's. Yep, and get some uh, Breckenridge beers, too. Uh, if you go to breckbrew.com, you can use the beer locator. You just put in your zip code, and you click whatever box you want. It'll tell you where to where to get wherever you want to try. Um, so whether it's the Strawberry Sky or the Avalanche, um, I was just going to see what the nearest Breckenridge beers are to right here. Uh, there we go. Find. I guess it's probably just going to say right downstairs is going to be the answer. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're everywhere. And they can pick all these different things. They've got the juice drop, vanilla porter, vanilla sky. Oh, they actually redid this part of the website, so it's super nice. The hard seltzers, the yerba mate hard seltzers, which I've actually never tried. Uh, yerba got mate? Yerba made? Mate? Yeah, I know yeah, yerba mate. mate. mate? Yeah. It's M-A-T-E like is energy. the word. It's like I'm American. It's like South American. She said, I'm American. Yeah, like <laughs> that, that word is mate. I know the word mate. Uh, the imperial uh, agave wheat watermelon lime. That's another new one. Um, so go check them out. Like I said, use that beer locator. I'll tell you exactly where to go to get whatever you want to try. Boom. Okay, so let's look at how teams that are still in the playoffs got their quarterback mm -hmm. um, and see if this is something the Broncos should follow or not. So uh, there's eight teams left in the playoffs in the divisional round. Um, four of these teams either have the number one pick in the draft as a quarterback. You're talking about the Bucks, Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield, number one overall pick. Uh, the Lions, Jared Goff, number one overall pick. Um, or they traded up in order to get their quarterback. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs trading up for Patrick Mahomes. Um, so there's three teams mm -hmm. uh, that have either traded up or used the number one pick uh, or have the number That's one the pick thing, at yeah. quarterback. Um, yeah. Then you have the Bills, who uh, used, what, the seventh overall pick in the draft on their quarterback, so a top ten pick. And then you also have the Texans, who used the number two overall pick on their quarterback. And then uh, the... Uh, Packers used a first-round pick in the 20s on a quarterback. But five of these teams either traded up or used a top-two pick in the draft on their quarterback. Then you have another first-round pick. And then, of course, the two teams that aren't falling in this sort of mold of prioritizing the quarterback an extreme amount. Actually, you can throw the Ravens in there, too, because they did trade up for their quarterback. They mm -hmm. went to the final pick of the first round to get Lamar Jackson. So the only team that doesn't have a massive investment in their quarterback or a high pick in their quarterback is the 49ers. Yeah, but the twist is obviously that the two first first overall picks are not with their original team. True. Those teams did not invest much in their quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. They were able to get them for cheap after, which is that's actually really interesting. It is. It makes you think like what do you do? You trade for Kyler Murray now? He's, that's what that's two? what that if says. If you think six one is short, Henry, you're gonna <laughs> yeah. think Kyler I mean, that's, if, is. If uh, we're saying going and getting a former first overall pick is what you do, but Kyler Murray, nah, I'm I don't good. know. <laughs> the Broncos just simply can't do that if they're moving on, yeah. uh, from Russ. So, mm -hmm. so that does throw a caveat in here. If that is interesting though, that teams that spent the first overall pick are not in it. Trevor Lawrence isn't there. Joe Burrow isn't there. Kyler Murray isn't there. Um, before that, everybody else is on a new team. Stafford, I guess, is no longer there. So, I mean. But, I mean, the talent yeah. of quarterback. A, a number one pick or a first-round pick or someone you traded up for, it's, what, seven of these eight teams that are here huh. 
Seven of the eight teams are okay. here. Now, mm-hmm. okay. now, um, do you think that these teams can have sustained success to the Texans? Yes. The Ravens? Yes. The Packers? Yes. The 40, well, 49ers don't count. Um, the Bucks? No. Okay, that, I agree with you. So three out of four right now. I guess three out of five because we'll throw the 49ers in there. The Lions? Yes. I agree. Uh, the Chiefs? Yes. And the Bills? Yes. I agree. I mean, that's sustained success because they have their guy at quarterback. Now, they also, some of these teams have unreal teams around them. The Ravens, the number one defense Mm -hmm. in the NFL. They've added really good pieces around Lamar Jackson as well. Um, The Chiefs, I mean, they have have a good defense, but the talent around Mahomes on offense is not there. I think think the talent, I think you think of Pacheco. Uh, I think they have a good running back group. I think their yep. line is pretty solid. I think the tight end is still the best in the NFL. Uh, they just don't so have they're receivers. Lack, they're lacking in receivers. They have receivers. They just drop the ball. That's like saying I have a car. That's I just don't one. have wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just flat all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so I think, I think. And then you talk about Chris Jones. You talk about um, their defense. They definitely have a great defense. So there's there's pieces there, but. Nevertheless, I think keep going, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so to me, that's sustained success. And you are, if you do trade a ton to go get the number one overall pick, which I don't think is going to happen because I do think the Bears decide to just take Caleb. Mm -hmm. But this is the, the... I guess the easiest path, and yeah. maybe you shouldn't always huh. take the easiest See, path. I go the other but way though, I do because think those this teams... is the easiest path to have success in two years, and then also in ten years. Um, huh. And then you look in. I try to look at teams that aren't on this list of who will probably be in the running. The number one team that jumps out to me is the Bengals, mm-hmm. and they're not in the running this year because Joe Burrow got hurt, and mm-hmm. they have the number one pick. They have that number one quarterback. Um, and so to me, it's just, you look at the, maybe Trevor really? Lawrence. Now he's been a disappointment mm-hmm. of what he's been able to do. And, uh, you see how much that would hurt you if he's more of a Trevor Lawrence than a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes. So there's certainly a risk there. I, I see this very differently though. Really? Like I see number one overall pick does not work. Like that's those, those, the teams that drafted them, it did not work for them. Mm-hmm. Like the only team, the last team that used the number one overall pick on quarterback that's currently in the playoffs is the Bucks when they drafted Jameis in 2015. And I don't know if that's a great indicator. <laughs> like, <laughs> like to me, like that, I see the exact opposite is that number one overall pick doesn't work. Not for the team, at least. Maybe for the player later on, but huh. I think, I think that it's also a small sample trading size. up. I think that shows more that trading up works. And actually, mm. and I'm okay with trading up. I just don't think we have to trade all the way up. Mm. So, and I think there's like we talked about, there's other guys yep. in the in, in the draft that are going to allow teams to have sustained success. Yep, yep. And, and and I agree with you. I don't think that it's Caleb Williams or Bust. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe trading up to six and giving up one future first round pick, or trading up to nine and yep. giving up an additional second round pick to go get the third quarterback in the draft, who Sean has identified. Maybe he realizes, like, yeah, Caleb's my one, but there's this other guy Mm -hmm. that is my 1B, and I love him. And if he's still there, then you do go and make that move, uh, just like the Chiefs did. The Chiefs didn't go from, where were they, 22 or something? They didn't go from 22 to 1 to get Mahomes. They went from 22 to 10, gave up one future first-round pick to get Mahomes. The Ravens did that as well. They got the fifth quarterback taken in that draft. Um, And so it, it... and I'm happy that, that you said that, Todd, because it's not all about Caleb or Bust. Mm-hmm. There's 
what, five, six potential first-round quarterbacks here? It's identifying the right one. Maybe trading up is is the way to go. Yeah, and like the, the economics of trading up are super weird because whenever you trade up, like if you were to go through and say like, what are players worth? Like the first overall pick, what is that player worth on average? Number two pick all the way down through the draft. When you trade up, you lose value. Like you lose value to pay sure. to move up. But an individual players so if you were to players who are traded up for there's a 7.7 percent boost to their av over their first three years and i think it's like a five and a half percent boost to average game started wait you've lost me so so if you were to if you were to trade <laughs> up for players so like your average 26th overall pick okay. might have like he on average they start 10 games okay if you were to look at a 26th overall pick that you trade up for on yeah. average, there's a five and a half percent boost to, to game started, which in that case okay. is only worth like one game. So like you lose value by trading up, but when teams do trade up to draft somebody, that player does work out better than the players around them in the draft because like in theory, because you realize that that's like a player who's a great value at this point and goes up. So the, the, the economics do say like trading up is a good thing, you just have Ex to pay extra to do it. Yeah, and so right. it kind of comes out as a wash, but it works out well for both sides because like, the team trading down is like, well, we're getting more value in return for what we get here on average, and a team trading up, when you trade up for somebody, that player is far more likely to succeed. It's very strange. Or is it, I'm sure there's some of that to it, but could it mm -hmm. also be like, well, shit, we just invested so much in this guy. We're going to get yeah. that much extra yeah. time Definitely. to and work that's, out. But that's why you bring in the AV, too. So then it factors in, like, stats and, like, efficiency and those sorts of things. And that actually gets boosted more than just, like, number of starts. AV, what do you mean? Uh, That's, uh, what is that? Approximate value. Okay. It's, like, an older stat. It's, like, 90 set. It's, like, the pro football reference. That's what they do all of their, like, big picture stuff by is AV. You following? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's good to trade up. Yeah. So yeah. would you guys give an additional first round pick, one first round pick, to move to six for a quarterback? Yeah. See, my thing is, my thing isn't so much about where you move to. It's about who you're getting. You know, because like if you're trading a first to get up to third to draft Penix versus up to 11 to draft Penix. It doesn't really matter. You get Penix either way, you know? Okay, so then just feel like that. Would so you like, give an additional first to go get a quarterback this year? I, w I think I would for Caleb Williams. I think one first. Not Caleb. Yeah. Not so Caleb. It's going to cost more to get yeah. Caleb. It definitely would. I would for him. Anybody I would else? for Jaden Daniels. Penix. The, I mean, Penix and Drake May are right on that line. Like, I, it would be you know tough what? for me. This is crazy to me because... You saw one game from Penix <laughs> that you didn't like, and you were totally off of him. But yet, you've gone back and looked at Caleb Williams' film and saw multiple games, and mm -hmm. you've said that you weren't impressed yep. by more than one game, but you still hold him here, and then Penix is still <laughs> dropped to the bottom of your list. We're, I'm going through all the... I will watch all of Michael Penix, and I'll, have, I'll feel way stronger. I've seen, like, four Michael Penix Jr. games. Even that last one, he wasn't that bad. Like he like there were a couple throws, especially in garbage time, that he missed. Uh -huh. But like he wasn't that bad. He just didn't get protected and receive it. Like it wasn't really his fault. But I do think that there's just like I don't know. Like some of the stats about throwing over the middle aren't all that great. And I don't have them off the top of my head. I think like the athletic NFL podcast guys did some of that stuff, where it's like somehow 
it was like insanely low attempts, insanely low completions. But again, that's kind of what we knew. Like that's why I've always thought, like kind of that Derek Carr, like five hundred yards thrown on the outside. And I'm I mean, totally yes, fine and, with that. but you have like the great receivers. You got I don't the old guys like open. You have to be like. If he wants to throw to the outside, then we're just going to make plays that allow him to throw to the yeah, outside. Yeah. doesn't mean that he's just terrible now. Yeah. But, I mean, it, like, it's also like Sean Payton, like, he likes to throw the ball with the middle. It's like, what do they call slant god, Michael Thomas? Those are outside routes. I'm not against Michael Penix at all. <laughs> I'm just not sure I need to be trading an extra first to go get him. And, like, like I said, like, by end of the week, I'm done with Williams. Then probably Drake May next week. And then we'll get through Daniels. Eventually, in, like, a month, I'm going to have really good, smart opinions. With Penix, though, it's like the highlights are awesome. I don't know that he's a perfect quarterback. Like, you look at him in the pocket, and it's like he's kind of getting all day. And when he gets all day, things go well. When things break down, it hasn't always gone so great. Like, there's pros and cons. All right, this is my last thing. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've watched a lot of Broncos film over oh, this yeah, year. Oh, yeah, we have. Can you tell me one, out of all the touchdowns and all the great plays that Russell Wilson has, can you tell me one play that was great over the middle? Uh, he completed 18 passes over the middle. The whole year. Whole year, yeah. And still was 26 and 8, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's all I'm saying. No, I agree with uh, you, Todd. But on the flip side, Sean thought that was trash enough to bench him. No, I know that. But I feel like I feel like Penix's production outside of the numbers, even in college, is way better than Russell Wilson's is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Russell can go 26 and 8 and not yeah. use the middle of the field. I feel like Penix can do even better and not have to just use yeah. the middle of the yeah. field. Yeah, it, it's fair. And also... Russ is 35 years old. Uh -huh. He probably is maxed out at, at what he can do and how much you can teach him. Maybe he can learn a couple of things, uh -huh. but is he really going to be able to uh, uh, just all of a sudden go from 20 years of not throwing in the middle of the field or, mm -hmm. you know, 13 in the NFL to now all of a sudden dominating in the field? Probably not. But could a rookie, a 24-year-old that mm -hmm. hasn't played in the NFL yet, develop into throwing in the middle of the field? With a guy like Sean Payton, I'm sure Sean thinks he could help him with that. For at sure, least. for sure. Um, so really, the uh, what all of this boils down to in the end isn't what, unfortunately, Todd, isn't what you think of Michael Penix. Mm -hmm. It's not what uh, Henry thinks of uh, Caleb Williams' height. Yep. It's what Sean Payton <laughs> thinks. He's not perfect. <laughs> I thought he was. Remember last year I was saying he's better uh, than Mahomes. I'd take him for the next decade over Mahomes. I'm off that train. That's because, wow. dude, you can't even choose like, NFL games and you watch the <laughs> that's not. That's not how it works. Like, you don't just, like, that's not how it works. You the, you, they go play the game. All I can tell you is that Joe Flacco is playing a lot better than C.J. Stroud. I can't tell you if that's going to change or not. Oh, you, my God. Like, that's just changed. the truth. You still, that's just the truth. Changed. You still think that? I mean, the last, it like, five weeks changed. of the season, yeah. It oh, changed. yeah, it did change. Yeah. And that changes why I was wrong. But oh, all okay. I can say okay. is that up to that point, that's what that's what was happening. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here you to tell you the future. You are a small sample size I'm, I don't have a time machine here. <laughs> all I can do is just tell you what's happening. Henry sees every game one game at a time. Nothing else before it or after it yeah. matters. It's one game at a time. So we've talked a lot about Michael Penix because... Uh -huh. He's been win almost winning national championships. Talked a little bit about J.J. McCarthy. Uh, talked about Caleb Williams, obviously. We're going to talk about uh, Bo Nix. We're going to talk about Drake May. We're going to talk about a lot of these guys more in depth. But one thing that I want to do now is get into our Bet365 Top 5. And uh, we've done rankings in the past of how, as a group, we view these guys. But what matters is how Sean Payton views them. And Jaden Daniels, and, and I think this is a very interesting conversation because I think that Sean just isn't very interested 
and Jaden Daniels. And I want to mm. see if you guys agree on where Sean would be because Jaden Daniels maybe isn't the best quarterback in this draft. But if there's any Lamar Jackson 2.0, he is it mm-hmm. since Lamar entered the league. And to that, that's so exciting to potentially get. And like, that's a guy that would just electrify Broncos country. But to me, I think he might be like not even on this top five list in Sean really? Payton's eyes. So I want to get to that uh, as a group. Number one in, in Sean Payton's mind, do we think it's Caleb? Uh, yeah, it's Caleb. Yeah, because of how he talked about him when he was on air. Yeah, right. I could say that. We got that little bit of insight from him. Soundbite. I, I agree. I, I think that it is Caleb Williams, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two? I think it's Jaden Daniels. Oh. I think you're crazy for not thinking that Sean would like. Whoa. Like, I think that lost in his legs is the fact that he was the most efficient passer in the country. Like 40 touchdowns, four interceptions, like all the completion percentage, all that sort of stuff. Like he is not just a runner. That's just like a bonus on top of it. And I think that Sean would even like that too. How like, much I of think that even, stuff outs- happens outside of the pocket? The throwing, do you know? Um, I couldn't I, tell you exactly. Really don't know. Yeah, but I, I would say most. Well. Uh, Again, like, so I started watching him, obviously, my first year covering CU when he was a freshman at Arizona State and had, like, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. And at that point, it was a lot of pocket stuff. Like, it was a lot of, like, break from the pocket and go up. It wasn't, like, bootleg rollout type stuff. But I'm curious to go back and look. I how, do think it's Jaden Daniels here. How big is Daniels? Oh, uh, he's it, skinny. I'd, yeah, I would have thought, thought, thought 6'3", but... Because honestly, I thought I, Lamar was too. I think they're the same size. I would probably go with like the national ranking here for number two. I'd probably go yeah. Drake May uh, would be okay. Sean's next guy. I mean, he has all of the tools you want as a pocket passer. They have him listed 6'4". Jaden oh. Daniels? Yeah. 6'4", like 180? 210. 210? 210. Well, he was really small. So like freshman year Jaden Daniels, he was listed 175. <laughs> Again, you can't trust any of this. He's going to come out 6'3". Like he's, to me, he's the same size as Lamar. Like yeah, when I look at yeah, him. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he's 210. But I would, yeah. I would probably go like Drake May, too. Yeah. I think he's looking for a quarterback, a uh, true quarterback. And if there's a guy that's a runner, you know, we could put together package, packages for him, Taysom Hill, you know, bring him in when yeah. it's time to run with the quarterback. But other than that, I have a quarterback who's yeah. going to run my offense. So I think he's looking for a true quarterback. In this that's, that's what I would think, too. So for number two, uh, since it's a 2v1 here, we're going to go Drake mm-hmm. May. Uh, Honestly, number three, viewing this through Sean Payton's eyes and a guy we will talk more about because he's probably a realistic option at 12, I go Bo Nix. Mm. I think there there Whoa. are a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people like to make the easy comparisons, and a lot of people are saying he could be Sean Payton's next Drew Brees mm-hmm. in terms of being able to win from the pocket. Not He doesn't have as strong of an arm as Drake May. Drew Brees wasn't known for like the strongest arm ever. Bo Nix doesn't have all of the physical tools like a Drake May does. Drew Brees didn't either. Yep. Um, so I would probably honestly go Bo Nix, but I, I hope I'm wrong a little bit because I'd love to see a Jaden Daniels up there. Um, e- even a Michael Penix, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like... Bo Nix has the intangibles that Sean's looking for. Mm. I don't feel like he has it all together yet. Maybe he, you know, gains that sure. through some years in the league. I just feel like Sean needs more of a finished product right now to try and come in here and be the starter. Yeah, that's fair. Especially yeah. if you're using a first-round pick. I don't think Sean's waiting. I don't exactly. think Sean's developing this guy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Henry, where would you go? Jaden Daniels. You go Jaden Daniels at three. Oh, I would have gone, too. For Sean? Yeah. 
Where would you go, Todd? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a pure pocket passer with the accuracy and the touch. I think it's Michael Penix. I always feel like I'm bringing him up, yep. and I feel like I want to stop just because <laughs> I don't want to just be feel like I'm just so one-sided. But you got Penix on your mind. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's his size? But uh, oh boy, not not even going there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh boy, that's crazy. What six four two twenty or something like that? <laughs> what were you guys thinking? I was saying. I don't even know. Um, yeah, so but just his accuracy and his ability and his touch, like you know, we can not talk about the championship game, but the game before that, like the the positions he was putting the football in, it felt like Drew Brees, like. Mm. Just put it right where it needs to be every <laughs> single every single time. Yep. Um, and just the ability to do that as a quarterback in the NFL, I think it's it's a lost art. I think you have some guys that could do that, um, but I think a lot of these wide receivers are now making spectacular catches, and it's kind of giving the quarterbacks more room for error. But a guy that can really just put the ball on you in stride and you don't even have to do anything but put your hands up, I think yeah. that's a lost art in the NFL. So it, if I'm breaking the tie between you two, I would go Michael Penix for number three mm-hmm. here in, in Sean's eyes. And again, I hope I'm wrong with Jaden Daniels, but Sean just got a quarterback that can do a lot outside of the pocket, uh-huh. and he uh. hated that. He really did not like it. Now, did, uh, Could he do a lot outside the pocket? Uh Hank's a tough critic. 26 I mean, touchdowns, just saying, eight interceptions. Like, I'm just yeah, saying. He, he, he did. But he's not, he's not, like, fast or anything. Um, He has the third most rushing yards in NFL history from a quarterback. History. So, like, yeah, he could do history. things outside of he the could. pocket. <laughs> not last year. <laughs> I don't – last year he was a lot more mobile than the year before. Okay. Um, And uh, I think what Sean – what we saw – was Sean said, I have to have a guy win in the pocket. One, two, three, and then he can take off and run. And I just think that whether it's right or not, that Sean's just going to have a, be just a little shell-shocked from mm-hmm. that last year and kind of push against that even more. And and Because uh, I do think Jaden can win from the pocket, for sure. I just think Sean's going to be extra concerned about having like a dual threat instead of yeah. winning from the pocket number one then something else i hope i'm wrong yeah if sean is scared off of a dual threat quarterback because russell wilson didn't work i mean come on like like russell wilson is not a dual threat quarterback anymore like he's not fast like if you're not taking Jaden daniels because russell wilson couldn't make it like it just doesn't they're not russell wilson isn't a runner anymore quick question is james winston considered a, a pocket quarterback yes did Big time. Not a runner. No. That's yep. much. No. What yep. about um the tight end that he made it to Taysom a quarterback? Hill. That's Taysom different. Hill. Yeah, and he, he was of, never yeah. really a true. Uh, they never went into the season with him being the starting quarterback. No, no. He's just a wild, more of a wildcat quarterback. Yeah. Could throw it if you need him to, but he was there to run the ball. Man, I have no idea what's going to happen with Jalen Milrow in terms of his draft stock and stuff, but. I could see Sean loving him in two years in the draft. Let's say he's not a first-round pick. He might be the first overall pick in the draft next year, and this mm-hmm. is just a silly conversation. But if he, like, falls to the second round like Jalen Hurts did, I could see Sean absolutely loving him as, like, the ultimate Taysom Hill. But that's um, something for later. Where would you guys go for? Would you put Jaden Daniels here? How do you feel, Todd, about Sean viewing Jaden Daniels? Um, I think he has to be for just because he is a dynamic player. So... I think he has to be high on Sean's list of guys. And so I feel like five would be too low for him just because of what he is able to do 
and his athletic ability. So mm -hmm. we got to put him at least at four. Good, good, good. I hope so. And I, I hope he is on Sean's board. And then five, I would go Bo Nix here. Um, uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Um, I'd go Bo Nix here. J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, one of those two probably. Yeah. A lot of people saying uh, Pratt potentially, but I don't think he's like in Sean's top five. Yeah. I mean, Pratt's on the thing right now where it's like three days ago, nobody knew who he was. And yeah. then now it's like, oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. And so then like somebody else he's on Twitter and like goes to YouTube and is like, oh, he's awesome. And so like, <laughs> who knows? He might wind up in the top five because it is like that's how draft season works is guys like go up and down. But like, I still don't know much about him. Fair, yeah. fair. Um, so Bo or JJ? Bo. Bo. All yeah. right. There we go. Bo Nix, there's our top five bet three six five quarterbacks that we think the order Sean would have them. And before we get out of here, let's hit some super chats because we got some coming in. And before we get to those, hit us with a thumbs up. It really helps us on YouTube. It's free, helps us a lot as well. All right, let's jump into these super chats. First one coming uh, in from Nick says That's a fun one. How many times have you guys cried in your mom's arms since you were fifteen for a reason that wasn't a family loss? That's a Caleb Williams comment. A zero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, okay. Zero. Yeah. Also true. But you yeah. have yep. Jay or not Jaden Daniels. Uh Michael Penix was also crying walking off the field. By himself. By himself? Man. Okay. That's different. Grown man. Okay. Did <laughs> what do you guys think about crying and in, in, in surrounding the sport of football, whether you're a player or a fan? I think I think I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't cry about yeah. anything. Okay, even like you know. Family losses are sad, but I don't. I'm not a crier. Fair. Like I just get really sad. I get really quiet. Fair. And like I'm not. Yeah, I don't think I've ever like cried like yeah. that. You know. Yeah. Of course, you know, as a young kid or something. Yeah, of course. But mm -hmm. I'm not a crier, so I don't yeah. really understand crying. So like I watched the the Lions game with my parents this past weekend, and right when the Lions win, they show the fan in the stands crying, uh -huh. and my dad's like, "Oh, give me!" It. My dad's a diehard Broncos fan. He's yeah. like, "Give me a break! Don't what the crying? This is ridiculous." And my mom's like, "No, it's sweet." Uh, and it just brought, I was like, huh, I wonder how other people feel about that. Yeah. Like my thing is like, if I was the Broncos quarterback and I started crying in front of, let's just say Quinn, just say like I've, Quinn Myers looks over and sees me just like crying. It just when things, things would change, you know, like, like I'm not, it's not like right or wrong to cry. It's just that like you wind up in those situations and I don't I, like there's grown men and they're very tough grown men on top of that. Like it's just, it's, it's a tough fit. Criers in NFL locker rooms are just a tough fit more than anything. What if you saw Quinn crying and you're his quarterback? I'd be like, wait, what, <laughs> what is happening here? Like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening? Yeah. I just, I, it's just my opinion, but I yeah. just feel like certain positions, like you can't cry no matter what's going on. Like president, exactly. Yeah. No matter what that's, you can't cry. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the president comes out if general, yeah. general in the army. Like, we're not crying. Like that's not bad things are happening. If the general's even, crying, even if the even a, a, a pilot a on an airplane, if a pilot exactly. came on, exactly, <laughs> exactly. sobbing like, <laughs> oh gosh, you, you imagine? You're, you're oh distraught. god, that'd be terrible. So, are, are coach and quarterback can't cry? Uh, I think anyone I think, else left tackle. Okay, let's just okay. But when this winning the Super Bowl, I think 
is okay. okay. I think happy joy. tears, joy tears are okay. okay. I think sad tears, maybe not. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. I'm going to take your word for that, Todd. You know a thing <laughs> or two about being in that locker room. And last one coming in from Christopher Scott says, do you see the Broncos trading a late-round pick for a quarterback like Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? I'd rather have that and build talent in the draft than draft a quarterback Great question. Mm-hmm. A big conversation that we definitely need to have. But those are two guys. Would you guys be interested in one of those guys? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have the time for it. I'm ready to win now. We've been through enough as a as a team and an organization. Like it's time to win. I don't yeah. want to be developing for another two or three years. My thing is, That's I don't know how is. you win now. Otherwise, I'd be right there with you. And so, like, I. Am I going to get excited if they trade for Zach Wilson? Of course not. I'm going to get on here. I'm going to say, wait, you're getting Zach Wilson? That guy was terrible. Like, he had, like, the two good games this season. Everybody's like, oh, actually, maybe. It's like, no, it turned out to be terrible. Mac Jones, similar, not as bad. But, like, uh, if you decide that you just want to get a good player in the first round and it's Stidham versus Mac Jones versus Danucci, who I think has as good a chance as Stidham at this point, like, go right ahead. Punt so, a year. Fair. So to, to answer his question, or to phrase it in a different way, would you, same price, both going to cost you a sixth-round pick. You pass on a quarterback in the first. You don't have a second-round pick. Are you trading a sixth-round pick for Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? No. No, no, it's <laughs> one of those. You have to oh, do oh. one. Sounds <laughs> 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 uh, like, nope, I'm going a wildcat um, all season. Man, this is tough. Because I feel like both guys have gotten like ample opportunities they really have. have a shot to yeah. be that guy in the NFL, and it didn't work out for either of them. Um, maybe, maybe Mac Jones. I'm really, yep. I'm really, I feel like both of them are kind of like in the same position right now. Could I you imagine like- if Sean at the press conference is like, we had no choice. Like, we just <laughs> maybe we just had to go with yeah. Mac. <laughs> yeah, I would go Mac just because like the limitations line up better with the Broncos. The limitations of like his play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. His limitations. Wow. It's like you're he'll stand in the pocket for you. Like he'll do that. Like it's Couldn't probably not gonna go great, but like he'll do it. Yeah. Zach I go Mac Wilson, too. not so much. Yeah. Yep. Zach as in me for Mac. Yeah. Definitely. Zach yeah. for Mac. Uh, this has been a fun conversation. We're out. We're gonna be back tomorrow, tomorrow. talking about uh we've got so many things to talk about. So stay tuned, eleven AM tomorrow. Hit us with a thumbs up on the way out. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. Have a terrific Tuesday.
Don't